passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I'm Mike Chipos, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We are here Wednesday night, late as ever. Danny separated himself from the group and, and made it a hymn night. So we're starting a little bit late. He's a little, he's, he's feeling what? It's on me now? It's, all, it's always been on you, my guy. But he's the Reese's world. Everyone else is living in it. Now you're starting to understand. Um, but you're also the you're also the main green capper here. So I need to close my mouth a little bit until I bring pump up the numbers. I think we were full so, green last week. Let's let's cool off. We let's were, but you're, pop some champagne. You're, you're next stratosphere green these days. Okay, here's the game plan. We got recap news and notes, and then we're looking forward to this. Saturday's card, it's a UC London card. It is noon central time. So usually just regular schedule programming. Um, okay, that's it. And then we got obviously March Madness. So hopefully you guys have more than one screen. I've been in college basketball mode, so we're going to have a quick transition here. I mean, if we're talking about the sport weekend, give me 30 seconds. We've got the F1 season starting. We've got El Clasico on Sunday. This is a crazy weekend. Dude, it's one. It's it might be. I think tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday are the best days of the year. So, we're gonna start off too with the curtain jerker because it's something that costs us. For those who are following along in the lock of the night challenge and something that we've done quite well. And Kobe, do you have the exact numbers up in front? I know we yeah. did it again last week. We're sitting plus twenty four point seven eight units on the year. Seven, seven and one. one. Remarkable. Oh, yeah. So Sadiq came through. We'll get to that in a second, but. Two of the people ahead of us, and I actually – I didn't place a straight wager, but I took the over, which looked nice. But uh, uh, Azamat Merzikhanov Mer- Mer- versus Tefwan Chukwi. Um, this was one of my – before you go on, this was one of my only straight wagers tonight, two units on Merzikhanov. And for those who didn't catch this fight, or, or if you did, this was an interesting one because Tefan was winning both the rounds. whole fight. Yeah, both rounds. And I think I don't know if this gets a performance bonus, but holy shit, that was a knee from hell. This man knows how to finish. I mean, I mean, it was left hand, left hand, knee. That first forty seconds of the of the last round was just a different fight. Remarkable. It was yes, remarkable. on the performance bonus, by the way. He did. Yep. Yeah, deservingly so. I mean, there's people it, throughout my fighting career that I've seen where it's like. They, they, the big, 
switch flip difference is who has the killer instinct. This man can put it on you in a hurry. I was very impressed. Okay, uh, Guido Canetti, I want to mention too, because I actually laid this one straight, believe it or not. I decided that Mutino is just enough of a fade. He's just not that guy. Um, so I actually took Canetti to win inside the distance. I thought he was going to work the leg kicks, and it and it, it paid off. I mean, this isn't a notable fight as far as the division go. Just something, fun little tidbit. Okay. Um, Dolce Lugiambula, a guy that had a lot. He did great on the African circuit. Had a lot of hype coming in. He drops submission to Cody Brundage. This one's weird because you see, I'm continuously seeing guys blow their load, blow their wad, and then get and, and then end up it ends up cost him i mean Lugia Bula had him on we saw here that was similar that was more similar to the uh Tafan and chuckley one to me it felt like dolce was teeing off teeing off he had cody on the fence he was hurting him he put his head on the wrong side of the hips for one takedown and all of a sudden his armin armin guillotine it felt like just one brutal mistake it was just a smart move by Cody more than anything. So you don't think fatigue, it's more fighter of fight IQ. I didn't, I really didn't exactly. No, that. That could be, I, that I could thought be that right. he was teeing off. I thought that he was in a prime position and then just one wrong mishap on the takedown. You have your head on the wrong side of the hips and all of a sudden the fight's over. And that's one of those things where when I continuously repeat, and I sound like a broken record, but I keep saying like, oh, experience and octagon time and all that stuff. Like, those are the reasons. Those are things that 15 fight UFC veterans don't do. Jim Miller's not getting caught in that. You know what I mean? It, uh, Miranda Maverick. His head on the other side. It's just, Brundage yeah. also had a performance bonus. Did he? Okay. Yep. And, we had and, four, and, perform- four performance bonuses this week, by the way. That feels okay. brutal that Brundage did. And I, I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I know Drew Dober didn't. Yeah, you are getting ahead of yourself. I'm shocked Guido Canetti didn't either because, I mean, I know it's – I think it's level of Chris Mutino, but interesting. Okay, Miranda Maverick, I mean, all I need to say is warm knife through butter. Mazo didn't really have much of a chance here. Um, Damon Jackson, Dan, I tailed you on this one. I don't know if you actually placed it straight, but it was actually from what you said on the podcast that that I felt good about, like, Third, like five during the walkouts, I ended up laying Damon Jackson. He looked phenomenal too. Yeah, I, I didn't play it, but it was exactly what I was. It was thinking you, was you got happen. me on it too. You got me on it too because I was. This was a layoff, and then just the way you talked about, it, I was like, oh, I like this. And and Damon Jackson looks good. I think he's starting to put his striking together a little bit better. Definitely, he looked like the complete package out there. Yeah, Bashra, Trevin Jones, I mean, unanimous decision at 135. Bashrat, what's your take on him? Real deal or want to see more? He looked good. I know he wants a quick turnaround. I have the same take. He looked good. I still want to see more. I'm more so thinking that Trevin just isn't the the smartest fighter, really. It looks like he's got the athleticism. It looks like he's got some of the tools. He doesn't know how to put it together. And and Javid just kind of picked him apart without even looking that great. Yeah. And that could be something that I know that Brandon Moreno recently moved camps. I know that like, it's something that happens quite often. So I don't know, that might be in his future. He's dropped two in a row now, Um, but he's also young. I mean, he's 31. So I'm sure we'll see more of Trevin Jones and Bashrat also coming on this, the, the scene and keeping his, his zero in that loss column. 
J.J. Aldridge was a huge underdog, believe it or not, against Jillian Robertson. I, I don't – was she that big? I thought it was more I like 130, 125. I'm not sure. I could, be, I could be wrong. I thought she was in the twos, but I could totally be No wrong. worries. I, I, I don't mean to like – Oh, you're dead right. It, she was plus 100, so I was not even close. But an underdog nonetheless, and she – I don't really know what to make of this fight other than maybe it's time for Jillian Robertson to, to kind of – I don't know. I don't. Really know. I'm, I'm don't not so think. feeling that. Yeah. I definitely thought that it wasn't the best showing from Jillian, and she got outstrength. And, and it feels like we know what Jillian is. If she can get the sub, she, it feels like she's the exact gate gatekeeper that. Um, I mean, that, that we've seen in any other division. If she can get the sub, you're not worth your salt. And you, if you can avoid the sub, maybe you're worth stepping on. But. It feels like we really should be able to cap her pretty well from here on out, whether or not she can get that sub being how good she is at grappling, but not how much she lacks it. Putting everything together, it's, I don't know. So this right here is when the card really starts to catch fire. Semselberg or Fletcher? It, this fight, Fletcher put on a good showing in my opinion. his price to me i think i had a tweet where uh i don't know who it was but some troll got after me i was complimenting fletcher for outperforming his price and the guy was clowning me saying uh fletcher just got smoked in the second the third's his too and i was telling him like i hope you live bet it because he yeah. i mean he was right i was wrong i was complimenting fletcher he didn't end up getting it but i think he really outperformed his price i'm no, excited i think he looked good again. I think he good and and I also really think Senzelberger is the real deal because that first round was not an ideal first round for him. And he dug deep and, and it's from someone who he has a 15 second and a 16 second finish in the first round. It was nice to actually see him get some octagon time under his belt. So I expect a lot from Senzelberger going forward. I'm a fan of his. The other he, side though, is if Senzelberger gets a similar matchup, but someone with 15 minutes of proven gas tank, that's going to be a, a, an easy fade. Yeah, this is something that I think it's more career point for them rather than like like Fletcher five years from now, I think probably takes this fight down. Okay, this one we need to talk about, Dan. Pereira, uh, he ended up winning via unanimous decision against Bruno Silva. Um, I don't know exactly what the scorecards were. I know it's unanimous, though. I don't know if it was all 30-27s or 29-28s, but what, I mean, this is something where Silva, I'm comfortable saying, is a complete mixed martial artist. So, although I agree with a lot of people is that, like, Pereira is nowhere close to contending with Izzy where he's at right now, but, like, this was a good step in the right direction. I think he looked better here than he did against Mikolaitis. Oh, 100%. I don't think that still Bruno had the best game plan. He kind of struck with the best striker that I've seen in a long time and um, it didn't work great for him. I think that he could have done more in terms of grappling, but it is a great step in the right direction for Alex. I'm excited to see where Alex goes from here. I think he's like, I think in our living room, we had uh, Alex win the first, Bruno win the second, and we all live bet Alex in the third, thinking he's the fresher fighter. He was going to tee off on Bruno. And that's just kind of how it went. Um, and we were all really impressed by that. He looked comfortable. It didn't look like the Michaelitis fight at all. He looked like he was able to kind of get his, his strikes off and move around. Yeah, he was really good. I, I feel confident that if they give him a similar pathway to like an O'Malley where they're not giving him guys who like a, 
you know, you're never going to see O'Malley fight Marab. O'Malley doesn't want that. He doesn't want to be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I do agree with you, I think O'Malley's jits is better than people give him credit for. I'm starting to come around to that. Oh, but he, w- he won't survive a Marab fight. No, but he wouldn't want that. <laughs> and I think, he I, will I, never I, sign that dotted line. Until exactly. And I think Pereira's going to take a similar trajectory where they're going to give him guys that are willing to stand with him. Um, okay, Drew Dober. Holy shit, Dan. You've been saying this about McKinney the entire time. Drew Dober. Chin from Zeus. Dude, ridiculous. He got absolutely shit on for two minutes. And then McKinney, you could see him just basically go, my wad is blown and just quit. I mean, the wad was blown. Quit, but like, and then there was the knee of the solar plex, and that was it. It was, he was zapped, no air in his lungs. It, it really was just do or die in the first couple minutes. And I thought he was going to die. I really, or not, not McKinney. I thought Dober was going to die. Dober I went, dude. That, I don't even know what to even think when I look at Dober. Like, you know what the most bullshit thing about this last card, which was one of the most fun fight night cards that I can remember in the last year? Hmm. Drew Dober gets no bonus. I mean, he got shit on for three minutes. <laughs> but the comeback is unreal. First round finish. Here's the question. Did Marab, did Marab get a performance bonus when he came back against Marlon? Oh, I don't remember. But I, I think so. Which, by the way, getting dropped by Marlon did not age well. No, 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 it did not. Um, Khalil Roundtree, Carl Roberson. We, you got this one off base. I, I think Roundtree looked great. Yeah. And, yeah, and the thing I have to say here is that body kick as Roberson was standing up should be used way more. And I think that it's something like, I think it's something similar to a calf kick that we'll see way more. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too about Roundtree is I think this is going to put him into another trajectory of, of popularity because of his post-fight speech and, and just where his heart was at, which is deservingly. Not off base, but what did you think of Strickland? What uh, his comments were? I didn't hear it. What did he say? He was just, I don't know. I, I We don't want to get he, political he called, about it. I think one of his, his quotes was that Khalil crying after the weigh-in was one of the most beta male things that he had seen <laughs> and that he, he had no respect for Khalil anymore. He got canceled amongst UFC Twitter, which is kind of tough to do. His own, his own gym was saying, like Chris Curtis, who trains with him a lot, was like, Hey, Sean, remember that thing we talked about where we don't say everything that comes to our mind? <laughs> Dude, why does that make me like why? I mean, if you said someone on the roster said that, I would say Sean Strickland's a top three guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's the only guess. Mike Perry, but he's not the UFC roster anymore. Um, so he's this one we, was our ankle lock, our ankle lock cash against Alice Caceres, but I was, I was. Real quick, I, I, Roundtree got a bonus. Roundtree did, deservingly so. I was unimpressed by Sadiq, Dan. I don't know if it was ring rust or what, but I was unimpressed. It wasn't so much that I was unimpressed. Yeah, I guess you're right. I was unimpressed, but at no point did I feel uncomfortable. I agree. I knew this fight was going to go this way, but like... He could have done more. He could have made it the Sadiq show and instead he said I'm just gonna be a little bit better than you right right and I don't know I mean he even said so he was talking about how his two-year layoff is because of how bad 
he got COVID that he was like physically unwell for ye- like years. Um, and so I don't know if that played a factor that might've, but he's he just, not the first fighter we've seen say that. I, I mean, yeah. obviously the effects aren't there, but Hamzad is, is almost retired. Co-main event, Song Yudong finishes Marlon Marais. I saw a, a tweet that is the most elite tweet ever. It was this. UFC should book Marlon Marais versus Cody Garbrandt. Winner retires, loser retires. <laughs> it's like loser retires, winner also retires. I saw that um, too. That was hilarious. Yeah, great. But you got Marlon, Dude, Marlon, um, I, I don't even know. I mean, Song Yudong's incredible. But, like, I don't even know really what's going on with Marlon. Like, it, I don't understand. I mean, dude, like, three or four years ago, he's fighting Cejudo for the belt. Ever since then, it's he been just – He almost finished Cejudo for the belt. Dude, ever since then, it's just been, like, a downward fall. It's crazy. It, people were talking about who had the bigger fall from Grace and similar tweets, him or Garbrandt. I think it's definitively him. I know that one of them touched gold, but – that was more a rivalry than like earning your way that I don't know for me I Cody's the bigger name but Marlon had the bigger was the bigger prospect you know I got a performance bonus by the way so that'll take us into the main event Dan Ankalaya versus Santos Ankalaya won via unanimous decision and that's the thing I wanted to ask you I read an opinion article about how Ankalaev actually might have taken himself out of title contention or like the next title shot with this performance. It was an interesting, but it, it kind of made sense to me because I was, look, he took a methodical approach to it. He took a tactical approach to it, but like, I don't know. I wasn't overly impressed. I don't know how you could take yourself out of contention with a unanimous decision win where you're never in trouble. But I, I no, can he, got, see. No, he got clipped at the end of the third where he like was in, in, in he, he was at least stunned. But dude, he he beat a guy via unanimous decision who's one in three in his last four. I mean, I guess John Jones is one of those. Glover's one of those. Yeah, okay. It was an it was an opinion article, not necessarily my opinion. But I I, 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 I don't think that he impressed the hell out of me. I lost money on his inside the distance, and I, yeah, I think he came out and said something along the lines of. He wanted to fight for the full 25 to test his gas tank to show people that he could go the distance and then fight a like steady. I, I don't know if that was some bullshit, but I think I saw some article where where he said all that, which was disappointing to me after the fact and inside the distance better. But it made a little bit more sense as to why he didn't sh- fight with as much output as I thought is what I'm going to say. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm. I, I just, I think maybe I have a sour taste in my mouth for the same reason I had him in the distance and I really thought this was a finishable fight for him. So, but I guess to the flip side, I definitely feel more comfortable if if a fight went into those championship rounds, which is definitely, yeah, which I guess is a double-edged sword there. Um, so yeah, all, all around a pretty good card. Songy Dong really impressed was a couple obviously crazy finishes and good moments there that led to four performance bonuses. I'm just hoping Dober gets one of those under the table bonuses. And- Dude, I don't even know what to think about Dober still. That fight was, my jaw was on the floor the whole way. So this brings me to the 
or th- we'll go to news and notes and then we'll talk about next week's card, which kind of is an interesting pivot the way this card's lined up this week. But so go ahead, go into news and notes. I know there's been some new fights just even in the last couple hours. Some fights and just some news. I guess we can talk about the most recent. We're recording this, what, Wednesday night? We're coming off of the, I don't know, picture weigh-ins. Ilya Tapuria and Patty Pimlet kind of got after it after at the, at the fighter hotel after their, whatever, photos were respectively taken. Um, this one kind of stems back to Patty talking shit on Twitter a few weeks back about Georgians in general. And Do you have the exact tweet? or, or- I don't have the exact tweet, but the, the extent of it was basically the like, Georgians are pieces of shit and yeah. no surprise that Russians are bombing them, which is, you know, probably across a line. And uh, you, guys, you guys will get after this because we were talking probably. about a pre-show. Patty wants none of this smoke. No. Dude, the biggest career mistake Patty could make would be to halt his winning streak by signing that line. Like, there's not enough promotion to that to get, like, a main card spot. They're both, like, prospects. And he's going to get – Patty wants himself a Sean O'Malley-type win streak where he's just chopping up, like, young contenders that aren't really sniffing his level – and he wants to stay away from Ilya, even though Ilya is naturally a featherweight. Ilya will smoke him. Dude, it – I thought – why did I think Ilya was a Spaniard? He, he uh, lives in Spain now, but he's Georgian. Okay. I knew he was – I knew he was part of the Georgian invasion because we've gone over it, but I, I – for some reason I thought that he was also – he won, He's one that carries one of the double flags. Yeah, okay. Similar yeah, yeah. like her, her, her Manson Swedish, uh, like – what is his second one? Danish or Nor- Norway? Amazing. Yeah, Nor- Sweden and Norway. I don't to get into it. Down, but yeah, but dude, across the line, especially with what's going on in the world, you got to expect better out of Patty. But like, let's call a spade a spade. Ilya rocks his shit. Speaking of that kind of stuff, Ludovic Shalinian out of his fight. Um, who is it that subbed in? Was it was that uh, a visa uh, thing? No, that's he's fighting for Ukraine right now. Which is quasi-interesting that Nikita Krylov Nathan- has not come out of his Nathaniel fight. Nathaniel Wood was supposed Wait. to fight Ludovic Sholinian. Nathaniel Wood is now fighting against... Um, Wait, I'm so confused. Wait, L- Ludovic is fighting in Ukraine right now? Yes. He's fighting for Ukraine. He's fighting the war. Oh, dude, that guy's a fucking badass motherfucker. Holy oh, shit. And, and the Nathaniel Wood fight is off. Double double news because I just Who? found that out from Tapology. Vince yeah. Morales out due to illness. Yeah, no, Nathaniel Wood actually was talking about how he was shocked that Vince Morales even signed the line in the first place. Like, he was kind of hinting that this is like a Vince Morales being like, eh, I don't really want this. Regardless, that all started with Ludovic being a badass. Dude, Ludovic's a bad motherfucker. Speaking of other badass fighters. Actually, speaking of other badass fighters, we want to keep the chain moving here. Kevin Holland and two other, I guess, citizens at Raw Sushi in Houston Sunday night. Gunman opened fire, and they, whatever, subdued him, (laughs) waited for cops to arrive. Kevin Holland again, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He says he he secured a rear naked choke and choked the dude out. 40 to 50 people. We're in that nightclub. The dude went to open fire. Guess how many people got injured? Zero. Zero. Well, him. <laughs> the, the, the gunman. The guy that got choked out by Kevin Holland. Dude, I mean, I, and, and this is like a long list of, of fighters who deter, like, 
not necessarily gunmen, but I remember Anthony Smith had someone break into his house. He fucked his shit up. I watched one video. You could probably find it on YouTube. A UFC fighter is in Brazil and five guys try to jump him. Takes out all five. It's ridiculous. What about Sun and being confronted by three men and, and getting assault on all three cases? Jordan Williams, who's been removed from the roster, had the guy try to carjack him at a gas station. So did, him out. so did Derek Lewis. Imagine trying to carjack Derek Lewis. You wake up like four weeks later. Yeah. It's crazy. It's but it, it, another said, but this one's gotta be the, one of the top of the cake. I mean, we're talking about a legitimate gunman who gets subdued by Kevin Holland. And Kevin Holland, man, this is like just a sidebar on Kevin Holland as a as a person. Travis Luton Blackwell. This dude is like when he catches hot as far as being in the news this man catches fire he he um gets goes on that win streak crazy becomes fighter of the year then he starts owning people in the uh in like the online gym of all the trolls and stuff now he's it's just crazy um next up we've got Francis Ngannou knee surgery this week expected out nine months and we oh. i mean we've talked about this we knew that he was not going to take another fight before the championship clause had expired which is going to expire at the end of this year twelve thirty one. so we're not going to see him before that and at that point he's a free agent so that's tough icing on the cake but it's something that we've talked about and we knew coming well and then at the same time this really puts the whole heavyweight position or division in trouble because it's thin as is and are we really going to make cyril gan the interim again because that's going to kind of be like almost like treated as like an Aljo. He didn't even want that. When He's he was... going to be chasing that Francis rematch. His entire that's what I'm saying. Like, so how do you, how the do you. Best two heavyweights could go elsewhere if Francis goes elsewhere. Cause Cyril wants that glory more than he wants the payday. Dude. And Cyril knows he had that fight too. That, this just, this is the one issue with the sport is whole divisions can get held up at the top. And you saw it with lightweight got hijacked by McGregor. You saw it at, at middleweight for a while with Bisping. You just see these these titles get hijacked, and then the inactivity, you put the whole division kind of on rest for those top three. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's not like Francis is faking. I wish I wish him the best with his knees and all that stuff. And Cyril Gan, I obviously, is still number one outside of Nganu. So, I don't know how Dana's going to play that. We talked it through. He won that January fight with the knee issue that he's now getting surgery for. Like that was that was part of the mo when we were talking about that back in January. Yeah. Uh, two pink slips. Jared Gore, Jared Gooden. Yep. News borderline, and then finally Greg Hardy, which we yep. all saw coming. Yep. And I saw another one today. Oh, Davi Ramos. He hasn't fought in a while though, but he was a guy that like put a lot of put a lot of prospects like he kind of did that gatekeeper role for a little while and he's a bad man i mean he can grapple um and he can he can fight the best of them so i saw da- davi hamos got cut and then um oh yeah this was a weird one there's there's this twitter account i i follow it's called ufc roster watch i don't know if you guys are on it too but they tweeted that sabina mazo actually got cut really? and then so 11 hours, and then one hour ago, fighter added Sabina Mazo. So they must have restructured her deal or something because she got weird. removed from the roster and then added back. Weird, weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, the, but, long, yeah, long story short, good and not news, long overdue. Oh, 
Do what I want to talk about quickly, and it'll be really quickly, but for news and notes, is Eagle FC, man, phenomenal production. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch that. Kevin Lee, by the way, never the real deal. That Gregor Gillespie is the definition of fluke. Diego put some hard, put some good hard minutes together. But the production's great. The commentary team was Cejudo, Uzmaru, Chael. Chael, that was the other one, Chael. And then the and then Habib like the the broadcast went great the pacing went great it was phenomenal the whole thing was great so that was just a quick sidebar we've got some tough news Eric Anders who I don't know sidebar we had we've been in contact with Eric Anders quite a bit over the last few weeks trying to get him on um just waiting for the right time and he had some pretty unfortunate circumstance uh a chainsaw incident and he posted some pretty ridiculous pictures of his foot online after a chainsaw incident so that's uh pretty unlikely to happen anytime soon for the ankle pick pod boys but like, uh how gruesome is it i haven't seen it yeah it's not good like is he missing his foot no, no. but it's not looking like he's gonna be you know chopping anytime soon He's not going to be chopping it up with us anytime soon. Chopping or chopping wood, whatever. Like it's, he's got some rehab to do. Apparently a running chainsaw landed on top of his foot. It just. But they don't make left-handed chainsaws. So that's the world's problem. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. There's a million things I would um, rather have happen than a a running chainsaw following my foot. So before we get into some fight announcements, we've got one cleanup piece. Nate Landwehr is out of his fight against David Onama. That's not this week, but next week in Columbus. Um, and no replacement, unfortunately, for Onama. So he Onama was pretty quick to say, we'll see you in June or July. Well, what's 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 interesting about that one is Onama was the replacement for right. Landwehr. So I, I don't know how – Onama's a gamer. I mean, he fights with James Krause, and James Krause loves that shit. So I, I don't <laughs> know if that was part of it or whatnot. But this Onama's shortly becoming a fan favorite here. He's kind of a badass. All right, let's go in order here. We don't we only have a few of these fight announcements, but they're pretty uh, high leverage. Rose Namajunas and Carlos Sparza at UFC 274. That's May seventh. That'll be huge. Yeah, I dude. Uh, who was it? JJ came out and said that Rose is a different level, and and Sparza has no chance, which is an interesting take. Jaltan Almeida and Maxim Grishin, five twenty one. Not a pay-per-view event. Is that a 205 or 185? You know what? I don't know. How about 180? That seems like two different weight classes there. Because Jolson fought at 85, right? We're going to be an analytics team on that. Okay. Yeah, don't worry about it. I mean, I'm just – that's – when did you say that was? May? May 21st. Who gives a fuck? By the way, Marab. Dude, I'm waiting. Why is this man – Every week, man. Every week. Dude, I've been bothering him on Twitter. I want to see Mirab fight again. I my net worth in his cardboard, and he's not active. We've got Brendan Allen and Jacob Malkoon just announced right before yeah. we recorded. UFC 275, that's June 11th. Dan and I have some different takes on that. Mode. I think that'll be a fun fight. It's oh, you gr- do? Two grinders. That was a sunny moment. I dug deep. <laughs> that was Dennis. So was like, oh, you do? Oh, yeah. 
Um, and then the last fight announcement is the last piece of news and notes I got for you. Hitting close to home for Reese. We've got Bobby Nux, Robert Whitaker, Marvin Vittori, UFC 275, June 11th. This is one of those fights where I win or I win. Like, I love both these guys. <laughs> I think I like Bob Whitaker a little more. Um, I can't wait to bet Bob Whitaker, honestly. Well, what if the line's minus 250, which is where it's going to be? Well, we'll get on it early because we're setting the spreads earlier now. Yeah, not only that, but we're working our – we're weaseling our way. This is news and notes within itself on getting – finding out when lines drop so that we can smash those early lines. Yep, that's a, that's a new avenue for us here at the Ink Pick Pod. We got a lot of new avenues. Anyone who's saying we're lacking, we're not lacking. We're 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 getting after it. We're tracking oh, big things. Okay, that's what I got. Let's move on to this so, week's card. Okay, so great job on news and notes, Country Club, as always. So here here's how I'm doing a little disclaimer. One disclaimer for this recap, or not recap, this upcoming card. One disclaimer is that. Dan and I have discussed, and we do not currently have an ankle lock. Now, before people get out of their seats and start sending us hate messages, it's gone well for us, Kobe. You've mentioned that. I think four in a row we didn't have on recording night, and they are 4-0 in the last four. So, Danny, we'll hit the drawing board. We're going to get after it. I'm not worried about that. So, that's one. morning. Two, um, obviously a lot going on. Danny's been in Colorado. I've been kind of switching gears to college basketball, working on switching back. But so there is definitely more taping to me need to be done, but I have a general idea for everyone. I've taped a little bit for every fight. I have a general idea for every fight, but final picks for betting will be on Twitter as always, whether it's at ankle pick pod at dank wagers at Kingpin MMA, any of these work as well as our bet tip. MMA page. Yes. Links in bios of Twitter, obviously. Um, we're going to also, for those who have come, I've had a couple people reach out and message me and talk about how, uh, they, they prefer their podcasts on YouTube. And so for those people, we're going to continue to work to get our YouTube presence up and yeah, a lot of big things coming. So let's get into this week's card. It's a UFC London card. So I'm not going to complain about the timing, but it is noon central time. We might have to get on our ankle lock Friday night. I'm saying it one more time. Yeah, we will. But noon central time, the fights are going to start at 1 o'clock Eastern. So that's a start time. So these fights will be over by 5, eh, probably like 6. So just keep that in mind. Really good card, though. And we'll start with – the. we'll just open up. Cody Durden, a, a guy that we've met a couple times here, against Muhammad Makaev out of, out of Great Britain, it looks like, or Australia. Or New Zealand. Great Britain. I don't know flags. Out of Manchester. Yeah, it's Manchester. His foundation sells wrestling. But the line here, and also I wanted to let everyone know that if you saw something different earlier in the week, there was an updated bout order. They switched the card around. I know for a while they had Ilya actually opening it. So um, we'll start off. Cody Durden is plus 285, who is the veteran. And Mikhaev making his debut is minus 345. Dan, I mean, we know what we get out of Durden. We've seen him. He's a guy who likes to make fights dirty. He's good at sprawling. He's got pretty decent hands. Um, that's we, we know what Durden brings. The question is, what does Muhammad Makayev bring? Oh, I'm so excited for his debut. 
And I do think the price is too high before I get into anything. It's not something I'm going to be playing. It's just something I'm going to be eyes glued to. This is one of the most exciting prospects of the year. I think he's the youngest guy on the roster. Incredibly, incredibly great offensive wrestler. Also great defensive wrestler. His scrambling and his, uh, um, his sprawling is just next level. He uses a lot of kicks from range because of how comfortable he is. If one of them gets all snatched up and, and he ends up in a scramble and he knows he's going to end up on top, he's still kind of working together. Um, the rest of his stand-up game with the hands and stuff. But I think he's only some like 20 years old. The guy is a really, really exciting prospect. I know he's only like four or five and oh, but he had an extensive amateur yeah. career. Really, really impressive amateur I'm glad career. you mentioned that. When we talk about extensive amateur careers, if I see someone who has five to eight, I mean, if you get to double-digit fights, that is a long amateur career. I would say most people have zero, one, or two. This dude is 22 and 0 on the amateur circuit. Not only that, but he was, it's not like, oh, amateurs, he fighting guys who are 0 0. 13 and 3 was one of his unanimous decisions. Um, he and finished he's still a young as shit. He's still learning. He still is like figuring out who he is as so, a fighter. He just has right. all of these tools. It's really right. interesting. He is the youngest fighter on the roster at 21 years old. And he also um, started his amateur career in 2015. So eight years ago, he's fighting it. He started fighting amateurly at 13. And he's been fighting three to four times a year undefeated against men. Ridiculous. These are the types of guys, Dan that we talk about every sport has this evolution and you see it in football and that's why the debates don't work you're like oh who's better the guy today or the guy from 50 years ago and the evolution changes these are the type of guys 20 years ago guys like this didn't exist nowadays you're seeing guys like Rongzu. you're seeing guys like um Mikhaev here who are coming in at 13 fighting pro or amateur until 20 getting a pro scene five and zero oh, as a pro and now he's making his UFC debut here, which I'm excited about. One thing yeah. too, Dan, you could sprinkle sub if you wanted to, in my opinion. I know we did work the kicks, but Durden got subbed in like a minute to Jimmy Flick. The Jimmy, Jimmy Flick, Flick was a fluke. That was a Jimmy Fluke. <laughs> but this man is no, is no uh, stranger to finishing fights. I don't know. I, I certainly think Durden's going to make it a little, I think he's going to outperform the price. I think there's a lot of hype on Makayev and I'm part of the reason I'm really fucking excited for him. Yeah, I, I'm in that camp as well, but I think that he's going to be a tougher, it's a step up in competition and Durden can grapple. Durden is a submission grappler. He's got good wrestling. Is not going to be an easy fight for Makayev. He's shown, I don't know if you watched the, there was, it was actually pretty tough to get all the brave fights. I had to pay for like a one day subscription kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> You're a legend. And, but there was, there were a couple of moments in the, I think it was like an O'Donnelly fight that it was interesting that Hussein something, um, but he's not infallible. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm very yeah. excited to see him. I will not be backing him. I'm not like, trying to throw him into every parlay it might end up in one of them but that that's to be seen for now i think cody's a really tough competitor for your it's also impossible to be 
to be unbreakable at 21. Okay, we're moving on. We're not because we 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 were we got a, actually a pretty extensive card. Looks like 13 fights. Okay, Elise Reed versus Corey McKenna. Dan, I didn't, I'm going to be honest with you. Well, first, before we get into this one, Kobe, how did the science? Ooh, I'm behind. Yeah. Let me check that out. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll have an answer for you before the next women's fight here. I'll tell you what, though, Reese. The science yeah. is the only way to play this one. Corey McKenna has looked far, far, far from dominant in any of her UFC fights. I had a lot of, like, expectations going in from just what I've seen on, on uh, I think it was either LFA or, or Invicta or Cage. I don't remember. But um, she fought a really close fight with Kay Hansen. She fought a really close fight with Jasmine Jesuda. Yeah, but Kate Hansen, in my opinion, is not a slouch. Only fan Kate Hansen's not bad. I'm not I, – I am not ready to say Elise Reed is a slouch. She took her only fight on short notice two weight classes up against Sarge, who's essentially a man when it comes to strength. Yeah. I'm not no, saying that's... she's a great fighter, but she's a imposing – physical presence i think elise reed is going to look a lot a lot better against Corey mckenna i think she's a great technical striker i think she can take that i think she can stuff takedowns i i think this is dogger pass and it's the definition of it this is uh there's no one i i i'm not comfortable at all with anyone playing Corey mckenna here for me it's a straight pass but i i do think Corey mckenna is probably going to get this one done Okay, now, now we're getting into some fights that I'm really excited for. I'm excited for the court jerker, but this one is going to be a grappling masterclass if I had to guess. Jack Shore versus Timor Valiev, and the line is pretty much PK, which is the best part. If you have a lean either way, go with it. It's currently on five dimes, minus 112 Timor Valiev, minus 108 Jack Shore. It actually opened up at 110 each way. So this has been, from all accounts, hammered on both sides at the same rate bet at the same rate no real lean either way this is one of those rare fights where and and then what's even crazier i don't really have a lean either i mean jack shore would probably be my lean his grappling is he's an absolute i mean a leech is the best word for it he just sucks on you and he just wears you down but timor valley of man he he also can scramble. I mean, I dude, I don't. I, I'm leaning Jack Shore, but I don't know if I'm comfortable betting it. I'm kind of on a similar page. This is not something that is going to see my slip, but um, I think that the reason I'm more leaning Jack Shore is because it's a much clearer path to victory. Tamur, although he's looked good in the grappling, although he's looked he like holding Martin Day down to an easy unanimous decision only comes because he was uncomfortable in that Trevin Jones debacle the way that he was dominating the first round and then got caught. He wanted to play it safe. He didn't want to throw, like, whatever. Jack Shore's path to victory is the same path to victory he's had in all of his fights. It's be on the front foot, be that pressure wrestler, don't let up, fight at the pace that you're doing. And, and that's something we can expect. I think we can, I, I think I'm comfortable saying that Timur is the better striker. I don't know how much Jack's going to let him strike with him. And See, I think, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty comfortable Timur's the better striker, but I don't know if that's enough when Jack Shore's grappling is as high of a caliber as it is. And it sounds like you have a similar take. This is one that I wanted. This is one that I marked on my note sheet as something I want to take a little bit further of a look at because 
this is one of the only fights that has a bettable price tag. Um, a lot of heavy favorites here. Shore is also going to be the bigger guy in the octagon. I think he has a couple inches of height and reach on uh, Tamur, which helps when, if you think, as we both think, this is going to be at least halfway a wrestling match. The size will matter. Yeah, I'd be shocked if it wasn't, to be honest. So, what else do we got? Okay, so we got Nikita Krylov against Paul Craig at 205. And the line is Krylov's actually a heavy favorite at minus 200. Paul Craig at plus 170. Paul Craig, the reason why I said, shockingly, Paul Craig actually opened at a minus 160 favorite. So, this line is completely flopped on its head. Um, You know... My issue with Craig is I never want to bet for him because he's extremely one-dimensional and he can be chinny, especially for 205. But I don't want to fade him either because the second you bet against him, he takes your limb home with him. So the question I guess I want to ask you is, can Krylov knock him out or, or does Krylov have good enough submission defensive knowledge to not get caught so i actually think both um i'm a little disappointed in myself right now because this afternoon while i was taping i there were a few books it was at 175 and i was very excited on the cry love play i didn't play it i think he's gonna go out there and smoke paul craig on the feet he could knock him out at any time this is a guy that both struck out both outstruck and out wrestled Magomed in the first round won that first round I remember that he, he he completely like blew everyone away me included in that first round his only losses are the current champ the former champ and the future champ Magomed Jan and Glover it's literally his only losses in the last like four years this is a guy who I can trust to come out there, push a pace, not be afraid. He sat in Glover's guard and just hammered on him for like 15 minutes. Uh, I'm not super concerned about him sitting in Bearju's guard, even though Bearju is a really active and a really dangerous guard. Krylov's smart enough to be there. The other way I'm leaning here, and I was just looking at the line, is I like the under. Um I think under two and a half is sitting at minus 160. I'm seeing on five dimes. Like uh, Reese pointed out, the second you start doubting Paul Craig, he's going to come away with your limb. That's the way he's going to win. Krylov can touch him up on the feet, and Krylov can potentially ground and pound him. I see a way for both of them to get a finish. Under two and a half and minus 160 is a decent play for me. I'm not super excited about just going all in on the Krylov inside the distance, but you might see me on both the under and Krylov. Okay. Because on that, that is something that I want to take into account. If Krylov is going to lose, it will be by submission. I do not see him right. getting knocked out. I do not see. And it'll be when he's dry. It will not right. be late into the third. I'm pretty confident there, even though Paul Craig is, has pulled off some really late submissions. We're talking MMA math here. Ankaliyev beats one of them. Ankaliyev loses to another. Dude. Ignore how those fights go. One of them wins a round. The other wins 20, like not even 20 seconds. That but- Ankaliyev, <laughs> dude, that Ankaliyev tap, I remember live. I was so shocked he tapped. And it reminds me a lot of that Jamie Pickett most recently where it's like, 
I mean, if you, you could breathe once and be like, you could, it was, it was like, there's Malchus, is that the one we're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Most recently, wild. Okay, Shamil Abdurmakimov against Sergey Pavlik. And the line here was, I remember being kind of interesting. It's stupid. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Pavlik is minus 290. Uh, Shamil is plus 245 on the other side. Also, that's at five dimes, so that's the best price currently. It opened, though, in a very similar range. Pavlovich at uh, minus 275. So it's been kind of consistent. Little money's come down, come in on, on Pavlovich. But this one, to me, is I look at as somewhat of a passing of the torch kind of fight. I You're looking at a Shamil who is 40 years old, coming off back-to-back losses, albeit against the top, Curtis Blades, and I – Chris Dog isn't necessarily the top, but um, he looked good in that Dawkins fight too. I don't know if Dawkins just looked bad or until the until he found the chin, but yeah, whatever. I I think it's more Dawk. I'm, but I think I'm a Dawkins hater. In all, in all honesty, yeah. which sucks for me because they keep winning. The only reason why I'm staying away from this fight is because of Pavlovich's um, layoff. He hasn't fought since 2019, and to me. Although there was a lot of canceled bouts in the interim, Cyril Gaon, Tom Aspinall, Tanner Bozer, to me, who are all harder opponents, but to me, I I need to see more. The tape that I got off is three years old. And, and to me, I can't comfortably put my money on something that's three years old, even though I lean his edge, especially because you're paying a minus 300 price. Oh, definitely. It, it, he's a massive, massive person, though. That that right hand and the power in that right hand, Pavlovic has a ton. Dude, he's uh, going to be up there as he – I mean, he's 29 years old, only fought two or three times in UFC. As he starts to make a name for himself in the UFC, people are going to start talking with him, in my opinion, with the names of, like, Tiago Santos, Yuri Pohashka, guys who can hit, like, fucking trucks. I don't know. That's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here. I don't <laughs> think that the price is nearly worth the paying. and I'm not, I'm not backing Shamil. Oh. But I think they were. No, I'm just talking about sheer power in the hands. Oh, I'm not. But I think it's only in that right hand. I think he's literally got a right hand, and that's it. Yeah. Which is which is annoying because I want to I want to bet against him, and I won't be backing Shamil here. Um, yeah. Okay. I I could get behind that, but this is not a spot. Yeah. Um, Mike Grundy versus Makwan Americani, in my opinion, is maybe the most underrated fight on this card. I'm excited for this one. Might just be me. Correct me if, if it is. Very even fight. Very, very even fight. And I think we're going to see really high-level grappling here. Grundy's minus 185. Amir Khani is plus 160. It opened at 110 each way. So Sharks mm-hmm. have been hammering Grundy, which I find interesting because I usually lean Amir Khani, but, but before I saw the line movement and before I saw the line, I actually liked Grundy in the spot. I think Grundy is like, Oh, only someone we backed as a podcast before and never, yeah. never had the dominant performance we wanted. Whether it was, I think, in that Sonya uh, card or um, whatever, he, he's got the grappling tools to do it. I'm worried how he's going to do against a guy like Amir Ghani, who kind of wants to, to be grappled against, who kind of wants to out muscle the guys, who want 
he's looking for a dirty fight a little bit. He's not looking for some kickboxing or for something smooth. He wants to scramble. He wants to outmuscle you. Um, I definitely thought Grundy would look a lot better against Lando Venata. Maybe that's just obscuring. That my- bothered me too. No, that bothered me too. I watched that tape back and I was disturbed, especially where Venata is in his career. I was also disturbed by that a little bit. Yeah, and, and although Americani is on a three-fight losing streak, his strength of schedule is just way, way better than anything Grundy's seen. Let me ask you a question. Did you watch the Lerone Murphy fight back? Not not this week. No, I didn't. Okay, I can't. I didn't watch it back either, and I can't remember. I want to say that Maquan won the first round against Lerone Murphy, and then Lerone Murphy caught him with a knee. I'm pretty confident that's how the fight went. And to win a first round against a guy like Lerone Murphy is putting good film on tape, even in this three-fight losing streak. So we are know you how big Machwan's gonna come in? Dude, there's a lot of questions around this fight. The question, I guess the question I'm asking you is, are you taking Machwan as a kind of a sizable dog after the movement? Or do you kind I of I'm I'm really intrigued by it. I don't have my full card finalized. And Machwan is not something that I have exactly circled right now. I'm really intrigued, though. Please stay tuned to Twitter, listeners. This is this is a fight I'll, I will give updates on. I was going to say the over could be interesting, too, based on the styles. But it's a little pricey, as expected. Minus 250 for over two and a half. Um, okay, so now we're officially getting onto the main card. Six-fight main card. No, it's a, I'm seeing, yeah, six fight main card. And the Taporia just got flexed onto the main card, which is kind of cool. So I don't know if this is going to be. Which, by the way, weeks ago, your boy flexed the Taporia fight onto the main card for set spread. You're a legend. I've never doubted that. Country Club gets what he's paid. And right now he's paid nothing. But in theory, in I theory, do it for the love of the game. He's paid I was about to say, 100% of our sponsorship value. You know what I'm paid? I'm paid and I have like six straight weeks with green UFC cards just from listening to you two. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's our form of payment. Do you, risk, yeah. do you risk your net worth? Yeah, but we guarantee you green. And that's all I could ever say. <laughs> so let's start the main card with Jai Herbert, Ilya Tapuria. And... Dan, you've been on Ilya from the very beginning. This you've been talking about this guy. We've got we used to get him at dog prices. I was realizing that while taping, I was laughing my ass off. But here's the thing about Ilya Tapuria. He can leave himself exposed on the feet at times, and that is where Jai Herbert wants this fight. However, he is a phenomenal grappler and he is a phenomenal submission specialist. And Jai Herbert, for what he's put on tape in the defense. Oh, no takedown defense has no has literally almost no game off his back. Unfortunately, the price, in my opinion, is too high to pay. But this is going to be a grappling domination out of Toporia. I'm right there with you. I don't know how I'm going to play this one, but Toporia is going to follow the exact same game plan as Hanato Moicano set out, and I think he's going to get it done way easier than Hanato. This is just a phenomenal stylistic matchup with for him. Um, I know that him and Patty got into it as we talked about news and notes. Why not just let those guys fight and we can let Kazula Vargas fight Jai Herbert and just like have a much better fight night. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, Patty Pimlet's 
fandom would come to a screeching halt when he gets murdered. Yeah, the UFC would lose a lot of money, but guys yeah. like us on Ilya versus a guy with a lot of star power. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I don't even know what to say. Okay, Molly McCann, who I thought got cut but is didn't, is fighting against uh, Luana Carolina and. Carolina, I believe. Oh no, never mind. Different. I was thinking someone else. Okay, Carolina's on a two-fight win streak, actually. But the line here is minus one forty for Meatball Molly, plus one twenty-five for Luana Carolina. And there's only one dog possible way to play this. It is the dog, or it is the pass. Meatball Molly, yeah. as you just said, experienced fans are thinking that she got cut. As good as she is at boxing, she's extremely hittable. She yeah. likes to move forward, pressure the pocket and whatnot. But that's only a great game plan if you're playing, if you're fighting someone that isn't going to hit you back harder. Uh, Luana Carolina has better footwork than her. She's a good kickboxer. I think she's going to utilize this bigger octagon because we're not in the apex. Plus a seven-inch reach advantage. Obviously, that didn't work out for Sabina Mazza last week, but this isn't a Miranda Maverick t- kind of game plan. This is Meatball Molly going in, in in her hometown, Liverpool. The only apprehension I have here, and I do want to say it about a lot of these other fights that we've already talked about, there's going to be a home London crowd. These English fighters are going to have a boost from the crowd and probably a boost in the judges. I would not be surprised about an even woman's fight here and Meatball Molly taking home a decision she doesn't deserve. But I will not be paying a favorite price for fucking Meatball Molly. She's the worst fighter in this matchup, and she's a fucking favorite. What are we doing? So I did check the science caught up to last week. We're actually riding a three-fight losing streak between Marina Rodriguez, Miranda Maverick, and J.J. Aldrich all being favorites. Still up point one. Wait, J.J. Aldrich was a dog. Yeah, she was a dog. At least a closing line, it looked like. Maybe not. Maybe not. I think I closed. Jillian was a favorite. Capology said Jillian was minus 120. JJ others plus 100. That's what I saw. Uh, best fight odds. I thought said something different, but you know all, what? All week we were Jillian Robertson was a minus 135. Hold on. Hold on. I went to the archive. I went to the archive. Um, Jillian Robertson closed at minus 125. Aldridge plus 105. It opened. That's going to change things. It opened at JJ Aldridge. Plus 140, Jillian Robertson minus 160. So, dog the whole way through, JJ Aldridge the whole way through. Bill Bill Nye, the science guy. So, that changes things. No longer on a three fight losing streak, one fight winning streak, and plus 2.2 units on the year. (laughs) Okay. I'm the science guy. Looking to carry the, the science into this week. Also, um, your guys' internet was shoddy there, so I hope for everyone listening it was okay. It cut out for a little bit, and then it got its back. It's got its bearings back, so we'll see. Hungry Club, the science guy. Hungry Harry, let us know. Let us know what the quality's like there. Okay, so let's continue up our card. Meatball Molly, Danny's not buying. Gunnar Nelson gets a short notice replacement, I believe, against Takashi Sato. I'm not. Sh- I'm pretty sure it's short notice. Maybe not. But Gunnar Nelson's minus 500, um, Santo plus 375. The one thing about this is, is I, I feel like Gunnar Nelson's a guy that I was a huge fan of. I really liked him. He had one of the nastiest elbows I've ever seen against Alex Oliveira. But he hasn't fought since 2019. And 
Uh, he did. He did take Leon Edwards to a split decision too. I, last I like, three losses, I think, are Gilbert, Leon, and Bilal. No, Ponzi, Ponzi, maybe Ponzi, Ponzi, not Bilal. Yeah, but um, no, this one's this one's this one's an interesting fight. Unfortunately, it's unbettable because of the price. I I think I would have loved to see Gunner in the original matchup. I'm pretty sure Gunner got a fight canceled. Is what? Yeah, yeah. Audio a little bit yeah, that would have been a little bit more exciting to me, but I don't know. I'm just excited to see Gunner get back in there. In my opinion, unbattable. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'll give you my notes, but I'm, I'm also not playing it. Um, Nelson, eight of his nine career UFC wins are by sub, but and, and Sato's not a guy that's good at defending subs. Three of his four losses, I think, are by sub. So I think that the Vegas line is something – it's a minus for – Gunner by sub, so it's the definition of unplayable. We Vegas is saying how to how this fight's gonna end, but I'm not comfortable paying that. Yeah, I I agree. It there really is no way to play this. I tried all the avenues. All right, now we're starting to get to the 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 real draws. Patty Pimlet coming back, and he's fighting Rodrigo Vargas, and the line is just. Exactly what you'd expect it to be. Patty Pimlet minus 500, Vargas plus 400. And this is kind of a theme of this card, Dan. We were talking about how the RDA card and the Colby Cup, the pay per view, was such an amazing card for betting. This is just one of those cards where there aren't really spots. And like for me, it's like if I had to bet this fight, I would bet Vargas. That line's astronomical. But like Patty's probably going to win. And so I'm not going to. Patty's winning in round one. Patty by sub, round one. Under those are the two. Those are the two plays I'm thinking about. I'm laying off. I'm so excited for his walkout. Forget betting on the fight. Patty Pimblet walkout in London is going to be something else. He's going to blow the roof off the gaff. Better than Darren Till's walkout. I do. Straight up, I think the Patty walkout is going to be better. I'm excited to see it. Volume will be up for sure. Basketball will be muted. Co-main event: Arnold Allen against Dan Hooker and. Dan and I talked pre-fight. Is it official, Dan? Do you want to take the Malort? I'm down if you're down for the losing side. <clears throat> All right. Malort bet being officially wagered. Country Club, make sure you get it in the scribe. Noted. Can, we, want... can, can we put an addendum that it's like a, a half wager if I miss weight? I, I don't want Hooker if he misses weight. I'll, ta- if, I'll, I'll take like half the shots. Like, can we bet like three shots and I'll take like one and a half if he misses weight? Deal. 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 Reese just bet three Malort shots. That's the yeah, first Yeah, I actually want to make it two. Three. I want to make it two. And if, if he misses weight, you take one. Okay, that's cool with me. Fine. I, I, I'm a big Dan Hooker fan. I think that a lot of people are overlooking this move to featherweight. They're acting like... I've heard a lot online and I'm not saying you Reese because I know that you're smart and I'm not talking about our listeners either because they're some of the smartest listeners in the world. They're listening to us. They're talking to people online are talking about Dan Hooker featherweight debut. Why is he going away from lightweight for the first time in his career? Are we kidding? I mean, this man knocked out Gilbert Poha Burns at featherweight. Like, He's going to be more than comfortable. If he makes weight, he's going to have a ton of size on on Arnold Allen. And I think he's a really game fighter. You look at his losses, 
it's Dustin Poirier, it's Chandler, it's uh, Islam Makachev. I'm missing one more, but it's another huge name. But if you're not a Poirier. real, I, I said yeah. If you're if you're not a real deal top of the line contender right away, and I'm not talking about down the line. I'm talking about at this moment in time. Dan Hooker's going to piece you up. He's going to have a good time. Uh, I think his K-Town defense is good enough. I think that's a little bit clouded by what Islam did to him. But Islam's Islam. Arnold Allen is not Islam Makachev. Uh, I think Arnold's going to be on his back foot trying to counter a lot. I think it's going to be a disadvantage for him. He's going to lose a couple rounds because of it. Dan Hooker's fighting at a big pace, especially at 145. I, I just think that he's going to – I think this is a great matchup for him. I really do. By the way, just to correct, not to be – like, not any issue. Oh, go ahead. I, I, the Gilbert Burns fight was actually at 55. But Hooker did have a long stint at 45. Um, he fought Jason Knight at 45. He fought Yair Rodriguez at 45. Um, but the Poha Burns, at least according to Tapology, happened at 55. No, you're definitely you're definitely right. My, my uh, mistake. Just, a, just a quick correction. But still, nonetheless, he has fought at 45. And, and he's knocked out 170 years at 55. Right, 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 right. Which is just ridiculous to think about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, for me, this is more about like the only Arnold Allen is one of those guys that I think is disgustingly underrated. I feel like he doesn't get talked about enough. I know he's had some inactivity, um, especially coming off that Sadiq Yusuf win. And I'm a little interested to hear why he was so inactive, but Arnold Allen is some of the more impressive tape that I've watched recently. And the other thing I really like about Arnold Allen, he is not a guy who's had two, three, four fights in the UFC. The dude has been fighting. Oh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's eight and O in the UFC fought Makwan Amir Khani fought Mads Burnell, who just fought for the championship over in Bellator. Those guys are Dan Hooker, even close. This is a huge. Gilbert Melendez. Gilbert Melendez in that fight though, was a shell. This is a big step up for him. It is, but but Dan, but Dan Hook, I agree. This is a big step up for him. I just think he's up to the task. I really do. I like so what, what I'm worried him. about when it comes to the Arnold Allen side is his timing. The way he gets in on people's hips and is able to get guys on their back is something that I'm worried about for Dan Hooker. While these guys are on the feet, we've got a counter puncher versus one of the best volume punchers at 145.55. I think it's an easy way to win a three-round fight. Something yeah, I but know I, that Dan's capable of. If this doesn't become even a slight grappling match, I would be beyond surprised. I'm I sure. I really I think that Hooker's athletic enough in the bigger cage to keep his feet under him. I do, and that's kind of where I'm at with this Malert bet and what it's. I don't know the exact bet yet. I'm actually going to keep waiting because it seems like there's a lot of steam happening on the Arnold Allen foot on Arnold Allen side, but I do think this is my card come Saturday night, and I'm pretty, I'm I'm happy about it with the Malort bet. Uh, I I'm confident in, in Dan Hooker. Good, I'm excited about it too. And when Malort's on the line, you know we mean business. And also, just a quick thing too, I I love Dan Hooker as a guy, absolute gamer, really nice guy. Like, I wish him nothing but the best at 45-2. 
I just think that this is going to be a matchup that I, I think if Arnold Allen, obviously it's a big if, but if he can implement that grappling, it's going to be a long night at the office for him. I'll tell our listeners right now, this will not be a max play for me. The, the biggest it'll be, it'll be a two-unit play just because of how many question marks there are behind Dan Hooker and his mentality. Um, I mean, his chin and, or cardio cutting down to 145. There are a bunch of question marks. It's just not like this is brand new. It's not like he, he did have a test cut at the UFC Performance Institute, I think a month ago. He proved he could get there healthily. Yeah, I know there are some pictures circulating, and I even showed Kobe them today, and I agree. He doesn't look phenomenal. I think once he gets rehydrated, he's going to look phenomenal. I guess we're going to have to wait. What, is it, what does John Anik say? Four more sleeps. Okay, main event. And Dan, this one I have been so back and forth on. I've wanted to bet Aspinall really bad. Then I go, well, Volkov is just so long and a phenomenal kickboxer, and he's, he's used to I, – I, Dan, I don't know how to take this one. I'm excited, though, nonetheless. Alexander Volkov is going to be fighting Tom Aspinall in the line. Dan, are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. The line is Tom Aspinall minus 130. Alexander Volkov plus 110. This opened at Alexander Volkov minus 150. Aspinall plus 124. And this really took a move after we set the spread, I believe. It really took off in the minus. Yeah. When we set the spread, Dan, Aspinall was still plus 120. Um, and so this line really took a spill <laughs> since our set the spread in a direction that I didn't see coming. I really didn't. I wasn't going to lay either way, but I, I think Volkov at a plus line is hard to not to get behind. I, I'm having I'm a tough so time. glad you said that. I think there's only one way to play this fight. I'm a big believer in Tom Aspinall. Me too. I think that too. as far as heavyweight prospects go, he's one of the more athletic guys that are fighting. His, his, uh, his, his right hand is phenomenal. His yep. hand speed is phenomenal. Good boxing, really light on his feet, good in and out movement. He uses, he uses uh, distance really well. Absolutely. We're talking about a guy, though. And reset it at the very beginning of this episode. We talk about experience. We talk about time in this cage. Like it is worth its weight in gold. He is Tom Aspinall. He has never once in his career, pro, UFC, amateur, all the way back, been in a third round. He's never fought for 10 minutes. Wow. Wow. That is shocking. It's just wow. not a thing that I can I, – I cannot back someone in a five-round UFC main event fight who's never gone on a 15. Wow. It, it, and so I'm not sitting here saying you have to bet Volkov or there's the only one side to play this. I'm really worried about one side, and I think that he's probably the better long-term fighter. I think that if I'm weighing who has the chance to hold gold – I've kind of wavered on Volkov. I don't think that, especially after that boxing performance against Gon, he just looks slow and not in it. Yeah. Aspinall maybe has a chance, 
it's not something I'm comfortable in this point in their careers. Well, that's kind of my problem here is Volkov against a guy like Curtis Blades had nothing for him, right? I mean, Curtis Blades, bad matchup. But his only losses in the UFC are Derek Lewis, 11 seconds left in the third round after destroying him for the, every other second. And then Curtis Blades, unanimous decision, Cyril Gaon. I mean, dude, if you're going to lose, I mean, he's, he beat Marcin Tibera. He beat Alistair Overeem. He beat, I mean, Greg Hardy's on the deal. Beat oh, I want to correct myself, actually, real quick. Um, in his second amateur fight ever in 2013, he fought three three-minute rounds. He made it nine minutes to a decision. Okay, so in my opinion, same thing. <laughs> he might as well. I, I just want to correct myself for the for the scrutinizers out there. Right. But besides that, round one finish, 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 round two finish, round one finish, round But yeah, I think that you can comfortably play Volkov here. I wouldn't say for more than a unit. I would just say that when you look at betting and how to make money, it's always been find the value. I think that Volkov at a plus line, it's hard to not tell me that that's value. It's really hard to not tell me that. And, and look, if it is, Tom Aspinall is the real deal. If Aspinall wins in, in dominant fashion, he's the real deal. I think regardless, he's the real deal. People, I mean, even I'm the broadcast the last fight is being asked him, like, what if this is a grappling match? And he's like, what's grappling? His dad yeah, I, was the first black belt in like UK history or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Aspinall's yeah. got the jujitsu. No, 100%. He just doesn't even need to ever show yeah, it. Yeah, dude, he subbed Andre Orlovsky. Yeah, no, and that was like without hooks, without anything. It was just like, oh, I'm going to really quick grab your neck. Right. I'm in the mood for this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, look, I, I just think. Aspinall is the real deal. I meant more like if he wins this fight, he's telling me that it's it's now. Or, oh, or I'm there with you. Yeah. I'm there with I mean, you he's that... 28 years old, and like Sergey Spivak's a good win, but like and Andre Olowski has proven to be a good win, but like Alan Baudot, he's gone. Jake Collier's a lightweight, you know, like this this would be a big step up, in my opinion. Big time. If he can beat Volkov, he can prove he can strike with Cyril. Yes, I agree. Or at least, at least, at least show out better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Than, than, than people that have faced Cyril so far. So that's going to do it for us. Um, it's going to be a busy weekend as far as, as basketball goes, concerns, especially stateside here. But we will make sure to stay very active on Twitter, especially during the fights, because you know we'll be watching. Dan, um, official plays always for both of us at Tips. Links are in both of our Twitter bios. Follow us at Ankle Pick Pod. Follow us on YouTube and Twitter. Um, ankle Lock 7 and 1 plus 22 units. That'll be posted on Twitter. Anything else? Oh, one last thing for house cleaning. Um, the new Panini Prism UFC cards are coming out in uh, five days. And there's going to be a set checklist that comes out that tells you the list of all the rookies. Um, Dan and I are going to do a quick special episode for anyone who might be interested. 
where we're going to go over the buys who we think are a good investment in their rookie cards and also people who are a pass. And, and some people are going to be like, it's a pass, even though people are buying them too. So it, it'll be interesting. We'll give you some insight on that. And that's going to be a little midweek. Guys episode. we identified last year were like Hamzat, Brandon Moreno, Gilbert Burns, Jamal Hill. Yep. All, all guys who have made Asker Askarov, all oh, guys, Asker all guys who have made incredible moves and a good amount of money. So stay tuned to that special episode as well. And we'll post that on YouTube to get our toes wet over there. Reese, yeah. Why don't you close us up for that Notre Dame pick? Yep. I, I'm a sharp. Poha! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.